Good morning, good morning. Ain't it a great morning outside? Well, it's winter time. I keep saying this, but it is winter. And uh, about four or five months, we're going to wish we had a little cool weather because it could be hot. Anyway, for the next little while, let's don't talk about too much about the weather. Let's certainly don't talk about sports or politics or any of that. Let's just talk gardening. I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing, and here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting, we've got a garden party started, and you can be part of it. It's a live program. You want to give us a call or chat about what's on your gardening mind or going on or not in your garden, worried about what's happening with the freeze, thinking about planting some stuff or just whatever. We're going to be talking nothing about gardening here on MPB, so sit back. We're going to take a little bit of news and come back and start getting dirty. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's Felder Russian here. We're going to be talking gardening. Lots of stuff can be done right now. So a lot of stuff should not be done right now. A lot of people are worried about what's going on right now. And we'll talk about that, but I want to remind you it's a live program. So if you want to call and chat, share some stuff, ask some questions, maybe uh, throw some insight in some things I've said and didn't quite cover it to your satisfaction, bring it on. My ego's not involved in my advice. I don't sell anything, and I'm ready to learn. I like to learn stuff. Matter of fact, I love it when I say something won't work based on my training and university and blah, 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 and then somebody says, well, mama's done it that way forever. I don't mind learning and stuff, and I, I know that gardening is a slippery slope, it's a big tent, whether you're a horticulture, left brain, yard of the month, flower show, blue ribbon oriented, or just want to knock around and enjoy a few butterflies and something that smells nice and looks nice. Or maybe you don't have a green thumb at all and just want to try growing something that makes you feel connected to the world. Give us a call. It's toll free, one eight seven seven mpb ring uh, Java Chapman is my producer. We're going to be kicking around all sorts of stuff uh, every Friday and Saturday. I want to remind you also that Monday through Friday, we have terrific locally produced programs. MPB is one of the, the only uh, NPR affiliates in the whole country that does this. And uh, it's just something we really enjoy, bringing real stuff for real people to real folks. So anyway, if you want to give me a call, the lines are wide open right now. Love to kick some ideas around with you. Um, in a little while, I've got some cheesy music. It's something I've played before, but I think we can really use a break right now because it's just been dreary. It's really, really been dreary. Uh, matter of fact, there's um, a lot of concern. We, you know, we had some warm weather, which we often do here in the deep south and the lower south and the Gulf Coast south, but uh, sometimes that warm weather in the wintertime makes plants drop their guard. It only takes a couple of weeks for plants to 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 completely lose their winter dormancy and start growing. You know, once we have a cold spell and then it warms up again, they think it's spring. And we've seen that with uh, things like elephant ears and cannas and a few other uh, plants putting out new growth a month or two too early, and it got zapped this past week. A little bit more zapping maybe this weekend. But anyway, not to worry. There's plenty of stuff you could do, a lot of stuff you really shouldn't do. Uh, so I'm saying rain, 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 frost and freezes, Finally getting some normal winter weather. I'm sorry about the burnt new foliage of plants that are already 
think it's springtime. Uh, my garden gorilla friend, Jesse Lee Yancey, uh, gave me some solid updates on his Jackson garden. Says it did rain a whole lot, and the warm weather got some plants to sprout, but uh, it's, uh, most of it looks okay. Uh, Going to be some burnt foliage. Um, he and I agree that it's probably best to wait another month. Let's wait till the middle of February before you prune on plants. Uh, partly because if you prune them now, that can stimulate even earlier new growth. So whether it's roses or figs or, or cannas or whatever, I would still wait another two or three weeks at least, maybe a month before you do any pruning before springtime. Plenty of other stuff to talk about, but there's no rush to be getting things done right now. Uh, now, because this is a live program, let's slide up to Madison, Mississippi. Hey, John, thank you for calling. Hey, how are you, Felder? Fine, thanks. What's up? Uh you told us last year, or maybe year before last, there was a, a general rule you said that about keeping chemicals, and that some chemicals like pesticides could go over one year, but you need to throw out. I've forgotten what the rule is. Can you remind us all? Yeah, in, in general, um, weed killers don't lose strength. Uh, you know, any kind of weed killers, they're not going to lose strength. Fertilizers can get hard or maybe liquidy, you know, they'll change shape or texture, but they're still okay. Uh, fungicides, not that big a deal, but the most important thing are insecticides, whether they're chemical or natural. Insecticides, once you open their containers, they start breaking down. It's what they call a half-life. And uh, most insecticides uh, only last for a few months, no more than a, a few months or a year or so, before even though they smell strong, that's the petroleum product, uh, they smell strong, but they've lost their, their effectiveness. So if you've got insecticides left over from last year, I'd go ahead and discard them. But this year, only buy as much as you think that you'll need, even though it, it might be more, it might be cheaper to buy a big jug. If you're not going to use it, you're losing money. So I'd, I'd get rid of any insecticides, and that's about it. What about fruit tree sprays? Uh, insecticides. You know, if it's got insecticides in it, you know, uh, for, for insects. Those yeah. things, once you open the container, they, they start degrading, uh, not immediately. When you mix them with water, they almost immediately start losing strength. Some insecticized fruit tree sprays, you mix them with water, two days later, it's just smelly water. But once you open a container, insecticides generally don't last more than a few months. Okay, thanks very much. Okay, hey, appreciate your call, John. Thanks, man. Okay, now let's slide to Mobile, Alabama. Good morning, Sir John. Yes, sir. Thank you for taking the call. Sure. Uh, I, I've got a couple of crepe myrtle trees that I planted um, 10 years ago, sort of as a divide between the neighbors. Um, and I'm trying to train it such that um, it has more of the, the tree structure above the ground, that's to say uh, uh, above um, eye level. So you can look yeah. between, the, between the trees without seeing the... The, the the tree structure at the base of these trees i get these suckers coming out i call them suckers yeah. they're individual yeah. shoots yeah. my question to you is can i prune those back now or is there a particular time that i should prune them back or should i never prune them back 
Well, here's the deal. First of all, people who say you should never prune crepe myrtles are the same people who say I should cut my hair, even though I look like the guy on a $100 bill. It's not yeah. their business, and it doesn't hurt the plant. So yeah. it's okay to prune a crepe myrtle just like it's okay to prune a rose. or It doesn't hurt the plant. Uh, and because crepe myrtles bloom on new growth, if you cut them now, the new growth that comes out this spring will bloom this summer. You could even cut them in the middle of the summer. They still have time. To, to bloom. So about the only time I would not prune shrubs or trees hard, it would be in the fall or early winter. So anytime from here on, they're going to wait till spring to sprout out anyway. Uh, and John, keep in mind that where, wherever you make a cut, whether it's low, middle, high, wherever you make a cut, the new growth comes out right there. So cut them at different heights so that they'll, uh, you know, have a layered effect. And then when they sprout out, pop off all but two or three of those those sprouts so that they become uh, limbs or branches instead of a witch's broom. And, and it's okay to pop those off at the trunk if you want to. Okay, the same question for cedar tree. Uh, I planted a couple of cedar trees, and now they're, they're, they're growing pretty well, except that they're growing consist, uh, evenly from top to bottom. Again, I want, I want to be able to, to see between the trees. I need to yeah. thin out... So is it okay to thin that out right now? Yeah. And, you know, it, it's weird because you, you asked the second most important question about this. The only plants you cannot prune hard are conifers like cedars, junipers, pines, things like that. So if you want to prune them, whatever you cut off, whether it's a, a, a branch or limb, cut it off right where it starts to grow. And, and you can thin out the lower limbs on it. You know, leave a few, cut a few, but cut them right next to the trunk. And then whatever's left, you can cut branches off the limbs that are left. But in the case of junipers and cedars, uh, don't leave any kind of stubs. Don't try to cut them back like you would a plant because they won't sprout back out. So it's just mostly a matter of thinning out one or two limbs at a time, stepping back from it, seeing, look, because you can't put it back on. Uh, thin out some of the, the lower uh, uh, limbs and then come back and thin some of the branches off the lower limbs that are left. Uh, but again, every every few minutes, step back and see what you're doing because it's real easy to overdo it, you know, up from up close. But anyway, okay to, you can okay you can cut crepe, crepe myrtles back, but not the not the cedars. Is it okay to prune now this time of year? Absolutely, no problem at all. But again, as long as you're not leaving any stubs, no problems at all. Thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. Y'all have a good day. Okay, okay. Good luck on it. See ya. I should have mentioned too. I'm going to be giving a. Uh, I'm going to be doing a program down in Mobile, but that's. I've got several things coming up in uh, in March. I don't have a whole lot going on in February for some reason. I am doing a, a presentation at Hutto's Garden Center on uh, Saturday, February the fifteenth. That's uh, about three weeks from now. So, but it's on home fruit. If you want to put out plants for the landscape that look good and grow well and also produce something that you can can eat off of that'll be a program for you uh, but again that's not till uh february the 15th uh, the only other thing i've got going on is right now this weekend today saturday and sunday the orchid growers throughout the gulf states i mean from all over even even louisiana texas are coming to mississippi they're going to be duking it out over who has the best exhibit this weekend um, today, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's going to be in Gaucher at the Gaucher Convention Center down uh, down uh, uh, on the Gulf Coast. Uh, anyway, the Gulf Coast, Coast Orchid Show and Plant Sale admission is free. 
and they have a balance for people. They have a People's Choice Award, so you can see which of the overall displays that you think is the best. Uh, also, keep in mind that that uh, there'll be people there. They'll have orchids. The ones that are easy to grow, the ones that are a little bit more difficult, they can explain them and answer your questions and maybe give you a little tutorial on growing orchids. Really, really interesting show. A great thing to do on a chilly weekend. And again, that's going to be at the Gaucher Convention Center, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, uh, the Gulf Coast Orchid Show and Plant Sale. Uh, so anyway, if you got some things you'd like to announce, some garden events, give me an, shoot me an email, garden at mpbonline.org. Now, let's go to, I think it's Bryce from Sumner. Is that right? Yes, it's Bryce. And uh, Sumner is in the Delta? Yes, Mystery Delta. Yes, sir. Born and raised there. What's going on? Hey, so I've, I planted some pawpaw trees a few years ago, and I can't get them to grow an inch. I know I planted them direct <laughs> sunlight, and they're, they're a shade tree, right, that usually grow on riverbanks. But I want to take well, they, the fruit. They, they they start out in shade, but they eventually become shade trees. So uh, the one I was raised with down in Indianola is growing in full sun. My great grandmother planted one before my mother was born, and it was always in it's in full sun. So right at first, it's going to be a little thing. Here's the deal: if you planted them a little too deep or in a really tight hole, then they can't grow the right kind of roots. And above ground is dependent almost entirely on what kind of sideways roots they can grow. Uh, so what what I would do would be to kind of loosen the dirt up around them a little bit out, maybe two or three feet, put a ring of mulch, not a, not a fire ant mound, but a ring of mulch around it, and only give them a good soaking when it gets really, really, really dry. In other words, don't keep them wet. Uh, and then, you know, once they catch their second wind, they, they should jump. How long have you had these out there? I would say, uh, I mean, it's almost five years. <laughs> and how, how big are they now? Uh, I would say they're three feet tall. Oh, there's something seriously wrong. They should have been overhead high after the first couple of years. It's a good chance they might have been planted a little bit deep, Bryce. Uh, also, if you ever hit the trunk with the lawnmower or the string trimmer, you know, that will stun them for the rest of their lives. So check the, check the lower trunk. Make sure it's not uh, damaged. Pull the grass and stuff away from it. And you might, if, 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 you might even want to this time of year, since they're still small, dig them up replant them a little bit on the high side and see what happens that way. But uh, if right. they had been grown in the past couple of three years, there's something wrong. And I'm going to suggest that they're planted too deep or got some kind of trunk wound. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time. Okay. Hey, good luck on it. Good luck on it. All righty, folks. Pawpaws, interesting landscape plants. Uh, we're going to be taking a little bit of a break. And uh, I want to play a clip from a really unusual interview. I just had the most interesting experience this past weekend. I went to the longest running plant swap in England. Uh, it was a terrific experience. And I'm gonna run a short interview with the two ladies who organized this plant swap. You gotta listen close, cause they talk kind of funny, but the longest running plant swap in England. And then we're gonna take your phone calls here at MPB right after that. Stick with us folks. We'll be back with an interview for the longest plant swap in England right after this.
Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. All righty, folks, welcome back. Horticulture is still rushing. We're going to run an interview from uh, the ladies who started Plant Swap UK. We'll be right back after this interview with your phone calls. Okie doke, folks. Like I said, I've got Sarah and Faye from the Plant Swap UK. Hey, ladies, how are y'all? Hi. Hi, doing really well, thank you. It's an incredible crowd. It's a cold day. You've got all these people bringing weird plants. What's the point of having a plant swap? Well, and also, new people don't always have or can't always afford to buy new plants, or sometimes you get a plant and it just doesn't like your house, or you don't like the plant, or it doesn't like you. So coming down to Plant Swap means that you can bring some plants down, share it with other people, and maybe take home a new plant as well. I mean, you can't do that with kittens or anything <laughs> oh yeah but like kittens plants have babies lots of them so we get a lot of little seedlings and people will take them away what made you two get this started but it was a thread on facebook there was a group of friends and we were all saying oh i'd like to have a cutting of this could i have a cutting of that and then before we knew it there was about 20 people joining in and it was getting mad driving around the city trying to swap plants so we were like well let's all bring well, us here let's meet at a bar yeah, yeah well why much. not <laughs> do you have different plants during different parts of the year definitely seasonal very yeah. very seasonal like what vegetables yeah so lots lots of baby seedlings so you've planted too many tomatoes or oh. too many chilies and then you bring them down and it means another gardener who wasn't quite on the spot with the with the planting things out can yeah. take them home chitted potatoes as well so oh. we get all sorts chippy, of things chippy potatoes chitted chitted oh that's right look we, we call them starts a little, little okay yeah, yeah. 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 well uh, one of the things i've noticed is a lot of different kind of people does it look like what i'm going to call the horticultural crowd non-joiners people who don't belong to garden clubs or they're not botanic garden people they i would say isn't the horticultural <laughs> crowd no just from so, some people that have come have been coming to all our swaps and when they started and i'm going to include myself in this when they started they really didn't know much about plants and they knew they liked them but they didn't know how to look after them or they didn't know which ones were for them so you come to the plant swap you get a plant you try it if it's not for you you bring it back to the next one you try a different one it's a great way of getting started sort of creates a in a strange way a community yeah i would completely concur with that that's good i'd have never thought to join a garden club no that would have not, not been my i would be intimidated by a garden club so. <laughs> well have you ever had to, to police any of the plants people bring in do you make value calls about what people bring we don't make value calls. I did have somebody who had a plant with spider mites that oh. they were asking somebody to look after. And they said, oh, I could bring it down to the swap to swap with you. And I was like, could you not bring that, please? What, what about invasive plants? We've never seen anything. Not have you had them at the swaps, but on the Facebook group, sometimes people swap Cacosmia. And we've got a really good wildlife gardener who often pops up and she lets people know that that can be horribly invasive. It can get out into the countryside. But it's a great plant. It's a great plant. It is a beautiful plant. <laughs> yes. Don't get me wrong. I love it. But, um, yeah, in the wrong place. Um, well, it looks like you've got a bunch of unusual plants, a bunch of unusual people, and you're mixing them up. What's the takeaway for all this for you? I'm just bringing people and plants together. 
and you know if you've got the opportunity to run a plant swap why don't you give it a try you can go and have a look on our website and we've got guidance and advice and tips for how to make it work well so, or drop us a line yeah or drop yeah. us a line we're really happy to be contacted as well have you ever had anybody fight over any of the plants that somebody brought? Only in a very British and super polite way, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I believe I was in queue for that. Yes, yes. I saw that first. <laughs> <laughs> Do excuse me if I get there first. <laughs> no, everybody's terribly polite. And lovely and so kind and friendly and welcoming. I'm glad to be part of First Plant Swap UK of 2020. Thank you so much, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Okie dokie, folks. I hope you enjoyed that. There's a little quick interview with Faye and uh, Sarah. They started this group called Plant Swap UK. If you'd like more information on that, uh, just, just go online and, 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 and Google Plant Swap UK, and it'll take you right there. Or if you go to my blog, I've just put up a, uh, I, I have a, on, on my personal blog, Felder Rushing blog, I've got a thing about plant swaps that includes the, the, the famous one in Flora, Mississippi, and a really fun, long-running one down in Mobile, Alabama. But I've got pictures and some information from Faye and Ray's Plant Swap UK on it as well. Uh, anyway, if you want to go to, to a Felder Rushing blog, uh, and they either type in Plant Swap or scroll down until you get to the Plant Swap thing, uh, it has a whole lot about plants, the types of people swap, what makes them work, and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, if you've got some questions about your garden, give me a call. Uh, we've got some cheery music coming up in just a second, but let's talk uh, with Polly from Covington. Hey, Polly, good morning. Hey, Felder, how you doing? I'm doing fine. What you got going on? I have a cutting of a Confederate rose, and uh -huh. it's kind of new. It's only like eight inches tall. I need to know when I can put it in the ground and what kind of space it needs to go in. I don't have much sun. I have a little sun. Well, you know, the, now it, it'll, it'll bloom okay in as much sun as you can give it. It'll bloom in full sun better than in full shade, but somewhere in between. Okay. So here, here's the deal. Uh, down in, in that part of Louisiana, they can get it in almost like a small tree. They make really big bushes unless you right. thin it. You know, when you prune it, they're going to sprout out in the spring with a lot of trunks, and you can thin those out to just one or two or three to keep it more compact. And as it gets bigger, that'll keep it, you know, le less likely to take up the same space as a Volkswagen on a stick, if you know what I mean. Oh, so uh, yeah. the main thing is put it where you can get as much sun as it can. Try to put it in a, in, in a wide hole. You know, don't don't overdo it, but a wide hole is better than a little hole. And then mulch it really well with some tree leaves, not not pine straw, but tree leaves or bark. And uh, again, uh, in the spring, summer, early summer, thin out all, but. Uh, whatever grows the direction you want. In other words, you can prune it to be direct, you know, whatever shape you want instead of letting it okay. be just a great big old bush. Right. And when, how big should it be before I put it in the ground? Um, that I guess the answer would be springtime, <laughs> okay. however big it is. You know, I, I always root some. I got some cuttings that are really pretty with this past fall over in Meridian, Mississippi, and I've got them rooting in, in, uh, in water. And they're probably only going to be three or four uh, inches taller than, than what I prune. Anyway, prune them back. When you set them out, if they got a bunch of real leggy stuff on them, go ahead and uh -huh. cut that back. They'll sprout back out and be a lot more durable and compact. Don't leave them all leggy when you put them out. So anyway, just wait um, till, it, till it warms up in the spring. Will do. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Okay. Enjoy it. Thank you so much. Bye. All righty. Uh, Okay, thank you. And now let's go to, um, I think, Madison. Uh, John, are you there? 
Belder, I'm here. Good morning. Howdy, howdy. What's going on? Well, it's a beautiful day here in paradise. Let me ask you this. Talk about yeah. propagation. You can, the young lady just called about uh, a cutting. My daddy had a green thumb. He could stick a cork out in the ground and grow a field of corn out of it. So, <laughs> you know, I had, yeah. had, a cousin out, had a cousin out here in Clinton that used to take uh, blackberry and graft them onto uh, all various things. But the reality, what I'd love to see, and I don't know if you got one coming up, is a is a talk or at least some conversation on doing some crafting and, uh, you know, really, you know, seizing the moment when it comes to some of these plants that, uh, well, that you want to make hardier. I mean, I've heard crazy things, but putting them on Bodoc and different, different tree yeah. stubs. And, uh, well, yeah, well, I, I, and I, I certainly could not that many. I, I know I've got some really good friends who graft. I've grafted before, and it's and interesting and fun. Uh, so a little, tr- it's not hard to do, but the instructions sound tricky when you're just listening to them instead of looking at pictures and all. Um, so anyway, I, I, I've got a, a, a really good friend named Tom Mann who's over in Clinton. He grafts all sorts of stuff all the time. Um, and I might get him to come on there. I will mention this, though. You can only graft things that are really close related. You know, apples and pears will graft, but peaches and pears won't. Uh, you know, blackberries are in the rose family, so you might be able to do some of that. But, you know, you, you can only graft usually within the same species, sometimes just the same genus, but really close related stuff. But uh, I'll see if I can get Tom Mann to talk about it. I will mention this. If you want to do some grafting, this is the time of year to get the graft wood, the stuff you're going to graft, put it in a plastic bag in the refrigerator to keep it cool and dormant. And then let's wait till after the sap starts rising when the stuff you're going to graft it onto sprouts out, and that's when you pull it out of the refrigerator and do your grafting. So you collect your graft wood this time of year, but you graft in the spring when the sap starts to rise. One last question. We talked about uh, the pawpaw. What, what trees will grow with the feet wet? And I'll leave it at that. You know, just uh, areas of the yard or, or places where you got, you know, not really standing moisture all the time, but it's going to stay pretty damp year-round. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I got an email just the other day. Uh, I answered it the day before yesterday, and I sent them a list of uh, of real of commonly grown plants that you see in places low and wet in the you know, part of the year and then turn dry, you know, what we call rain garden type stuff, wet part of the year, dry part of the year, pawpaws are in there, but we also have uh, uh, several really good native plants, uh, mayhaw comes to mind, mayhaw is in, in the crabapple family, and uh, it grows right around ponds, matter of fact, sometimes the little crabapples, mayhaw fruits are actually floating on the water, so that's another good one, but there's not a whole yeah. lot of other uh, fruits that'll take uh, wet feet part of the year. Thank but, you, uh, anyway, if, you. hey, if you want to get, yeah, John, if you want to get a little bit more in, into that, shoot me an email because I can scratch my head a whole lot better that way. Anyway, appreciate Man, it. A, thank you for your show and look forward to it every Friday. Thank you, brother. Okay. Thanks, John. All righty, folks, we've got the lines wide open, but, uh, you know, with the weird weather and the politics and the news and all like that, I thought it'd be nice to play something kind of cheerful. We always do a cheesy tune, and mostly just to break things up, to sort of etch scratches, etch a sketch upside down and, and uh, reset a little bit, but we could take a little bit of a break to hear some cheesy music, and I've got the lines wide open, so if you'd like to give me a call, give me a call. It's toll-free, one eight seven seven mpb ring and we'll talk about your garden. Right for that. Anyway, sit back. Me and Java and all the other folks at MPP, we're going to take a little cheerful break and be right back with more of the Gestalt Gardener right here in MPB right after this. 
Everything is satisfactory. Sippity do die, sippity yay. Wonderful feeling, wonderful day. Sippity do die, sippity yay. Satisfaction, zip it, do die, zip it, yeah. Wonderful feeling, wonderful day. Zip it, do die, zip it, yeah. My oh my, what a wonderful day. Any sunshine hitting my way. Zip it. This is Malcolm White with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. Every week, myself or one of my fellow hosts bring you in-depth interviews with different creative Mississippians. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcast app. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's filled a rushing zippity doo dah. Hey, I forgot to mention that this weekend is Chinese New Year. Saturday is the beginning of the Chinese New Year. So a happy New Year. I was uh, in Manchester, England a couple of three years ago for, for their big, big, big Chinese celebration where they had the, the parades and shooting off the fireworks and all like that. But anyway, it's kind of nice having two New Year celebrations almost back to back. Hey, if there's some things you'd like to chat about, give me a call. We've got the lines wide open, toll-free 1-877-MPB-RING. We'd like to remind folks that if you want a little bit more information on the, uh, the plant swap, whether it's in the UK, they've got a really fun website, Plant Swap UK. Or if you'd like to find out about the one in Mobile and the one in Flora, Mississippi, I've got pictures and information about all of them on my blog, Felder Rushing Blog. Not my website, but Felder Rushing Blog. Either type in Plant Swap in the little search thing or scroll down a little bit, and uh, you'll see pictures of some really, really fun stuff. Now let's go to Livingston. And talk with Grace. Hey, Grace, how are you this morning? I'm good, thank you. Sure, what's up? Well, we have a vegetable garden every year, and it just is overrun with weeds every year. And I wondered if there's something we could do now to prevent that problem this spring when we plant. Well, yes and no. There's several different approaches. One thing that that I I try to recommend against is using weed killers. There are some you can use. They're fairly effective. They're not that expensive, but they're a little tricky to use because you got to put them down at the right time. A lot of trouble. It takes a little bit of science, but there are some herbicides. If you want a little bit more information about that, I can get more detail in an email. But in general, if you can go ahead, when you get a chance to row your garden up, 
and then mulch it, just cover it with leaves or bark or, any, or newspaper, cardboard boxes, anything to keep the sun off the dirt. That'll keep the seeds from sprouting from a lot of them. Uh, other than that, the, the really about the only thing you could do is mulch. You know, when you plant um, either, like I said, you could cut cardboard and, and put it over your rows in between plants, uh, make collars around your tomato, individual things, but there's not much more effective than mulch. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to say that, you know, part of growing vegetables is includes weeding. And one of the most effective things, and nobody wants to hear this, uh, Grace, is a sharp hoe. I don't mean a chopping type thing. If you get a hoe in a flat bladed file and sharpen the blade, all you have to do is just lay it on the, and just scrape the weeds like, like shaving. Instead of chopping, if you'll just scrape it across here, a sharp hoe goes really, really fast. But if you chop it, all that does is bring up more weed seeds. So other than mulching, um, uh, using a sharp hoe, possibly using some weed killers, this is just part of gardening. I hate to say it. Yeah. Um, the, the one, one other thing you might want to do, there, a lot of the weeds are perennials. They're going to come back from pieces of root or stem or whatever. Um you might want to row your garden up, get ready to plant, let them sprout, and then spray those. There are a couple of herbicides that are safe to spray, and then plant, you know, without having to re-till the soil. But there's there's no effective way to keep perennials weeds from coming back from pieces of stem or root or whatever, other than chopping or spraying. That's about right. it. Thank you. Sorry, <laughs> really and sorry. Thanks. Hey, if you, if you come up with something better than that. Please let me know, because I want to know. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> Good luck. Okay, one eight seven seven mpb ring Let's go to Florence. Hey, Roger. Good morning, sir. Good morning, sir. Thank you for your program. Sure. I'm a loyal listener. I, I uh, <clears throat> succumbed to the temptation of buying some plants that were all rolled up in front of a local grocery store. <laughs> And I purchased seven, I think it was, a couple of blueberries, a couple of plums, a couple of, uh, I think, apples, stuff like that. And uh, right. I began to plant them, and I got my grandson, and we dug one hole. It got dark on us, but we got it, got one in the ground well, and it was a big, wide hole, just deep enough for the bottom uh, roots. And I spread the roots out and got the what little there was in the bag and then added my, my a compost pile dirt and dirt from the hole mixed it in right i think right. i did so it far right. so good yeah you you but i want you to repeat your instructions because that that's a little brief but i think i did it right i got one of them in got dark on it so i got six more i had to bring them in because we we're going to have those hard freezes in the last few days and so i brought them in the house I've got them all together. I'm going to go out today and try to plant some more. But they've yeah. begun to sprout. I mean, I mean, they're sprouting. They're they're putting out little buds and leaves and stuff, some of them. So uh, yeah. I don't know what I've done wrong. I guess I've fooled them into thinking it's springtime, but it's only springtime inside the house. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, you know, like, so you know, once once these kind of plants, once they go through a cold spell, and then they warm back up. It doesn't matter what time of year, they're going to sprout back out. Anyway, it's not that big a deal because you can prune these plants a month or two. How, how tall are these fruit trees about? Well, most of them are, are, are two to three feet. The tall, scrawny yeah. ones are maybe four feet, that type of 
size. Yeah. Well, the blueberries are different. Blueberries are the bushes. By the way, when you plant the blueberries, loosen the roots up and add, get you, go to a garden center, get a bag of what I call real peat moss. You know, not compost, not manure, but real peat moss. And because it lasts a long time and it makes that acidic soil that blueberries and azaleas like. So add some real peat moss to your native dirt for your blueberries and then mulch them real good with a bunch of leaves. You know, get the boy to go out and get some sacks of leaves to put around them and, uh, and just make them think that they're bushes in the yard. But as far as the fruit trees, it's okay for them to sprout back out. A, a lot of them have been doing that in people's yards. Uh, and some of them will get frozen back, but they'll still sprout back out in the springtime. So what you might want to do is go ahead and set them out sometime in the middle of next month, cut them all back, the, the fruit trees and all. Uh, if you can see where they're grafted, you know, between the root and the, and the top, there should be a little grafted area. As long as you leave a foot or so above that, then uh, you can prune them and they'll sprout back and are real close to the ground and be a lot sturdier down the road. But anyway, not, I would leave them outside unless it's going to get down below about 25 because these plants can take freezing. They just can't take hard freezes while they're out of the ground. So I'd put them outside. You can also take your finger and pop off some of those sprouts and, um, and just see what happens a, a month or so from now. But I, I wouldn't worry about them sprouting about now. Just cut them back. Thin them out sometime in the springtime. See what see what makes it, and only leave two or three branches on each one. Well, that's encouraging. Thank you very much. Keep up the good okay. Work. Keep, keep uh, good. Smiling. I appreciate. Huck, huck, hey, you you're raising a boy right. Well, he, he yeah he he knows how to do the hole now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a start. Anyway, get him to, yeah. get him to go find you some leaves to put around it. Bags of regular old leaves to put around them. That'll okay. keep them busy, Thank and, it'll, and it'll, it'll connect them with some dirt, too. Appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. All righty. And, uh, folks, if you're interested in home fruits, things that do well in the landscape that are reasonably productive, it's not just a type of fruit, but more important, the variety. Because not all varieties of peaches or plums or apples or pears will do well in the south some do okay on the coast but not up in memphis some will do in memphis and not on the coast so you need to know not just the type of fruit but the variety and i've got a list of that if you'd like to shoot me an email uh, garden at mpbonline.org i've got a list a little bit of description on the different kind of fruits how to plant them how to prune them a real simple little thing i just attach it to email and shoot it right back or see if you can come to the um to the workshop that I have every uh, year at Hutto's Garden Center in Jackson. It's going to be on Saturday, February the 15th. It starts at 9 o'clock. Uh, let's go up to Corinth now. Hey, John, good morning, sir. Well, good morning, Felder. How are you doing? So far, so not so bad. <laughs> well, listen, I, I'm a long-time listener, uh, first-time caller. Um, I, I, uh -huh. to, to comment on your interview with the two English ladies, I spent quite a bit of time in England and. uh they told me I sounded like Forrest Gump, and I told them they sounded like Monty Python, you know, so. Uh, <laughs> as long uh, anyway, as we understand each other, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I told them I'm American by birth and Southern, Southerner by the grace of God, you know, so. There you go. Uh, yeah, by, by, the, I, by the way, I was, telling some, I was telling somebody when you plant gourd seeds, you're supposed to dog cuss them, and they didn't know what dog cussing was mean, and uh, it <laughs> turned out what, they, what, what we call dog cussing, they call a right good bollocking. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, what's, uh, what's going on? Well, Felder, Felder, my question is, now I hope it doesn't come across as being too macabre. I, I had a long time uh, a dog that was a long time companion to me, and she passed at the first of January. And oh, I was sorry. wanting to, 
I was wanting to uh, plant a dogwood tree in the vicinity of her burial site, and I was wondering if her remains, her carcass, would be a detriment or a uh, conducive to the dogwood tree growth, and 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 also, what kind of fertilizer do you use for trees for new new uh, tree growth? Yeah, these these are good questions. And to answer your question, no, the remains are, are fine. Matter of fact, uh, my my old dog, my old Rusty, he was my I mean my sweetheart uh, for fourteen years. I buried him last year, and I planted a rose right on top of it. So you know, it, it's okay. perfectly okay. So so that's not a problem. Here's the, here's the problem though. Dogwoods of all the dogwoods planted in Mississippi, Tennessee, Louisiana, Arkansas. All of them, only about two of them are going to live to be five years old. Excuse me, one out of every two. They have really low survival rates unless, here's the big deal, get you a small dogwood tree, dig a wide hole, and get this, find you a dogwood that's growing somewhere around you. You know, you can wait till spring if you want to, but find a really nice dogwood and dig up some of the shallow dirt, the top two or three or four inches under a good dogwood and mix some of that with your dogwood soil because dog, dogwoods have this stuff called mycorrhizae. It's like a fungus that helps them grow better and you don't get in potting soil. So mix some real dogwood dirt in with your dirt and set a small tree out and it has a whole lot better chance than a bigger one. And uh, the well, last thing I can think of is uh, put you a bunch of leaves around the, the, the roots, you know, a nice little wide ear, maybe three or four feet across. Uh, that way, the roots will think it's out in the woods. Dogwoods naturally don't grow out in the sun, but if you can get them big enough to shade their roots, they'll do fine, and you can shade it with mulch. So add some dogwood dirt to your dirt, plant a small one, and then mulch it really, really good, and then um, every time that thing blooms, you can think of your puppy. Well, well, thank you. That, that is wonderful advice. Matter of fact, I have a lady that lives about a quarter mile from me that has a beautiful dogwood out in the front tree. Well, sometimes I get dogwoods and barlet pears confused because I'm going down the road and they seem to both bloom around the same time of year. So, uh, uh, wait, do, dogwood, dogwoods and, and what? What was the other one? Dogwoods and what? Uh, uh, barlet pear trees. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, this really is the 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 pears are going to be uh, sort of a teardrop shape. You know, they'll be pointed at the top or round at the bottom. Dogwoods are, you know, it's like you stick your arms out and just wave around. Dogwoods are are uh, a sprangly looking things. You're never going to see a dogwood growing naturally along a fence row. They're always going to be in the shade on a slope because that's where they that's where they live naturally. So if it's out in the open. If it's a dogwood, it's because somebody cut the other trees down. But in general, the pears are going to be real thick and full, lots of lots of flowers. Dogwoods are going to be kind of airy looking. Right, right. Okay, okay. Well, thank. Uh, what is the difficulty of growing a weeping willow? I, I I used to. We had one in our front yard in Memphis. I've seen them in Tennessee, but I haven't seen any here in North Mississippi. Part of the, you know, weeping willows have got a real shallow root system, and get they like moisture, but they don't want to have wet feet. Where you see weeping willows doing well, they're on the slope. If they're along the edge of a lake or a pond, they're always on a hillside, you know, hanging over. So what they don't like is to stay really wet part of the year and then really dry part of the year. They like it somewhere, you know, moderate, not too wet in the winter, okay. not too dry in the summer. And if you've got pretty good dirt, it's nice and deep stays kind of moist down deep, you can grow a willow. Otherwise, they're just going to get about yay high and then just start falling apart. That's what, the, what happened. It's a root problem is what I'm saying. 
Well, thank you so much, Felder. I'm going to call my local nursery here and see what the availability of both of those are and if I need to order them or what I need to do. But uh, like I said, I'm a long-time listener, and I love your show, and uh, you just have a great day, and, and I'll continue listening. Thank you. Hey, I, wait, wait, wait. Before you go, I want to answer real quick. You're going to get you another dog. Oh, man, I've got I've got two more dogs, so they're kind of, <laughs> you know, but I, I had her for over 10 years, and she's traveled all over, you know, the United States. I don't know. It's, it's just a, I want to epitomize her, and I won't get a little headstone, which I've done for several of my animals. Uh, there you go. There you go. Well, well, hu- hugs to everybody. Appreciate your call, man. Thank you. Whew. We're going to take a break, folks. We've got a couple of callers on the line, but uh, I'm horticulturist Felder Russia here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We'll, real quick break. We'll come back with more of your phone calls right here on MPB. contractor ever tell you of the price of something and it sounds so high you think eh, maybe I'll try it myself. Some jobs just aren't that difficult and yes you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things listen to Fix It 101 podcast everywhere. All righty folks welcome back to Rusty, I want to remind you that the orchid growers, the Gulf Coast Orchid Show and Plant Sale is going to be this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at the Gaucher Convention Center. Tell them I said hey, and uh, let them help you pick out an orchid that's easy to grow. There are some. Uh, again, if you have some things you'd like to announce or have some questions or want to share some things, shoot me an email, garden at mpbonline.org. And if you'd like more information about plant swaps, go to Fellow Rushing blog and either Type in plant swamp or scroll down and take it from there. Meanwhile, let's go down to Mobile, Alabama. Hey, Melanie, how are you? I'm good. Thank you very much. Sure. I have an announcement, though. I forgot. I should have called you last week. But, you know, Sims, Alabama? Yeah. So yeah. it's the, the Camellia Festival. The Sims Camellia Festival is tomorrow. Oh, okay. I wish I had known about that. I've been pushing it b- beforehand. Yeah, I didn't just didn't think about it. I'm not personally involved, but I've gone to it, and it's very interesting. And they usually have a program. One year they had the guy who grows the tea over in Baldwin County, and so I don't know what oh, yeah. program this year. But anyway, that's not what I called about in the most famous words of people who call talk shows. <laughs> um, What's up? So you were talking about weeds a while ago, and I just wanted to say we've had a lot of rain down in Mobile County. And I was out one day this week before it, you know, got totally freezing and pulling the Jap grass in my flower beds. Uh, well, Congan grass, whatever the name of it is, but yeah, you know what I mean. Right. The most invasive thing that ever – but anyway, is... it actually came out better than I have ever tried to pull it. Right now, if you've got that in your flower beds, now is the time. You won't – get it all of course it's impossible to get it all but yeah at least we can maybe set it back and give the stuff a chance to get a head start in the spring before it comes back full force because it is you know but it just i was i was amazed and pleased you know that it came out so well and i was like wow this is really because usually pulling that grass is like you know it just breaks off and all you get is the top and but i was yeah. getting actual big chunks of root so that was a, a, a plus I, I, 
I've got I've got several different perennial weeds, spreading type of weeds in my yard: blackberries and and uh, uh, running ground ivy, uh, creeping jenny. And what I do is I go out in the wintertime or the spring when the ground is moist and pull up as much as I can and just basically live with it till next year. It's a really good idea, Melanie. I, I don't know any other way to deal with it because it's just, uh, you know, nope. I've not ever sprayed it with anything that I could tell did much good. So, you know, well, there, 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 there is a spray that'll kill only grasses, nothing else. But yeah, uh, we don't I need to get that. into that right now. But jabgrass so, is just, just. I know, I know. You know, and it's, it, it just I, shoots I, I those roots out a hundred yards. It seems like. And have I, you, I know. I, have you ever tried to pull any of it? <laughs> yeah. It's incredibly, yeah, to me, it's incredible yeah, stuff because I, I, if there's yeah, a, a not, bigger root I'm not within 100 yards of it, it I, will go underneath that root. <laughs> I'm not one of these experts who make stuff up. I actually go, if you look at my fingernails and my scratched up arms, <laughs> I know there's no problem anybody has ever had that I don't deal with it myself. But anyway, it's a good tip. Well, you know, while the ground is moist, you can get a lot more pull. Yeah. Anyway, appreciate that. And, and thanks for sharing about the, the Camellia show down in Sims, too. All righty, thanks. Okay, thank you. Woo! Now let's slide up to Madison, Mississippi. Hey, Teresa, or Madison County, Madison the county. How are you, Teresa? I'm fine. How are you? So far, so good. What's what's up? Okay, two questions, and basically, I just uh, like to hear your opinion or reference books that we can look at. One is I uh-huh. usually uh, drive to work around this time of day, and um, as the spring uh, comes along, there's lots of different flowers, especially flowering trees and bushes along the road. And yeah. I wonder if there's any reference to what we see, um, you know, to kind of naming those or identifying them or else um, identifying things that to look for as the year progresses. Yeah, it's, it's a good question. As a matter of fact, there there is a website I use. But first of all, I have an app on my phone. And if you could take a good close-up picture of some flowers and leaves there are apps so you just click on it upload that picture and it tells you what it is i mean okay. so there's several good apps like that and i use those a lot when i'm I'm out walking but there's a, a really good site for our native plants called southeastern uh southeasternflora.com it's actually done by a fella in jackson and okay. it's got listed by tree shrub vine whatever by color right. of flower, and you just oh. look at the pictures until you find the one you want. But it's southeasternflora.com, done by a fellow in Jackson. Okay, well, thank you. And uh, um, the other quick question is about weeds, too. But, um, you know, um, w- weeds can tell you uh, a lot about your soil. So yeah. is there any reference for, you know, looking at a weed and, you know, kind of figuring out, well, this soil is too massive no. for this? It's, 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 it's a really right. good question, but there's too many variables for that. Just okay, way, yeah. way too many variables. Well, you know, people, there are, there's lots of folklore about it. I just want to oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. written, but, written but there's, references. There, but, there, but there's so much that it's hard to, to get it down to an area of the country. So, and okay. it's a really good idea, but in general, and I know a few, but there's no reference that I know of. Sorry. Okay. All right. Well, that's fine. Thank you. Shoot, shoot me an email. If, shoot me an email if you need to uh, take a picture and send it to me, and I'll see if I can find out what those plants are. Appreciate right. your call, too. Okay. Bye-bye. 
Okay, doke folks. Uh, Tom, I'm sorry. Down in Blue Springs, we ran out of time. We're at the end of our program. And, and uh, if you have some questions during the week, shoot me an email. Uh, garden at mpbonline.org. Check out some of the stuff at my Felder Rushing blog. Uh, but it's time to call it in the morning. The Stalk Garden is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Me and Java Chapman and all the other folks at MPB, glad to be here with you every week. Happy to answer emails uh, during the week, uh, but I'll be back with you live next week to talk about your garden. Remember, sharpen, sharpen your rough edges. Be the best, best version of your old weird self. If you have a chance, take a kid to a garden center and help them buy something to put in the dirt. Show them how to do what we do best, folks, and that's get dirty. See you all next week. Thank you.